Hey all, we're back. Welcome to Film Suck, a Patreon podcast in which we ponder the work of art in the age of crap cinema. I'm Eileen Jones. And I'm Dolores McElroy. And today we're talking about the raucous new low-budget comedy Bottoms, um, which is currently playing in theaters and doing remarkably well uh, with critics as well as younger audiences. Box office is very hearty. Um, so if you haven't heard about it, I think you're still going to have more time to go see this thing. It's not disappearing right away. Um, the film reunites director Emma, um, Sel- I hope I'm saying this right, Sel- Seligman, Seligman mm-hmm. um, with Rachel Sanat, her leading actor from her first show, which her first film, which actually I haven't seen, called Shiva Baby, though it has a big, it has like a cult following. Mm-hmm. I meant to, but I ran out of time. Um, and the two, um, um, Seligman and Sanat, you know, they went to NYU together and are friends for a number of years. Um, so the film's a fresh take on the teenage comedy genre. Um, it's about a misfit pair of friends played by Sanat and Ayo, if I'm saying your name right. Um, I think Ayo. Ayo's Edabiri of the Bear. She plays Sydney. She's, she's, she's the, the sous chef and then partner of Carmi, played by Jeremy Allen White in The Bear. She's great. I had no idea of the, her range. It was fabulous to watch. Um, uh, they're lesbians and they have big unrequited crushes on two, t- two cheerleaders who are played by, um, Kaya Gerber and Havana Rose, um, Liu. I hope I'm saying that right. And they hatch a wild scheme to get popular and get laid fast by founding a women's self-defense class. That's <laughs> actually an all female fight club is the, what it turns out to be because they have no idea anything about self-defense or fighting or anything. And they're improvising as they go along. Um, this whole situation is complicated by the fact, again, that neither of them know how to fight. But fortunately for them, there's a rumor going around that the two spent their last summer, their previous summer in juvie, um, <laughs> which gives them enough credibility. And, you know, the rumors about their, the, the, the violence that they endured and participated in get wilder and wilder as things go along and they start participating and adding new wild stories. <laughs> and so, but at any rate, the, the, the club is a success and soon even the cheerleaders are finding Fight Club very empowering. And then, of course, more, more is going to be revealed. You know the formula of, you know, these kind of teen films. Um, we'll get into that in a bit. Um, just the genre and how this is doing a fresh take, a revisionist take. Totally. So what's your sense of the film? How did you, how did you like it, Dolores? Oh, it was a delight. Um, You know, in general, I was so grateful for it. It's a swift hour and a half. I never once looked at my watch. Mm -hmm. I laughed throughout. I was totally swept along by the story. The cast is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. A fabulous cast. People, you know, critics are saying um, a generation defining cast. uh, And I think that's true. Amazing actors with great chemistry. And um, it's a little rough. And there are things tonally that maybe are a little uneven. And um, but like in general, great to see women behaving badly. (laughs) Um, It was hilarious. I mean, it's great to see women fight. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, I I really recommend it if you like, you know, if you want to go to the movies to escape and be, um, you know, brought along and like have your spirits lifted by a comedy that's not the same old thing. You know, this is it. Like it, in general, a total delight. And I love, I'm just so grateful for like its brevity, its energy and mm-hmm. just, and the energetic pacing. Mm-hmm. So that's my, that's my very general take. We can, we can get into quibbles with it um as we go <laughs> yeah and I, I have basically the same take I, I i found it a little rough getting in which it sounds mm-hmm. like you didn't I, for me it was no. like the first 20 minutes of setup i was a little like eh, i don't know hmm. but once it meshes like the gears all mesh and you can just feel the momentum and it starts to get really rollicking and funny for a very long time i think at the end again we'll get into discussing the ending it gets it gets a little odd yeah <laughs> and hard yeah. for me to track and I, I don't know it starts to lose me a little at the end yeah. And again, the roughness and the kind of casualness, there's a lot of improv um, built in that, that's either, you know, full speeches or um, augmenting um, pre-scripted stuff. And so that keeps it very fresh, but a little on the rough and ragged side, you'll occasionally have something that, that doesn't quite work, but keeps going. But mostly it's amazingly funny. <laughs> I was shocked. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've laughed that much in a, in a theater. So um heartily recommended on that on on you know in terms of that criteria alone that is it's such a rare thing to have a good comedy now it just is so rare yeah and a short film as you pointed out yeah bless. so yeah definitely go definitely hit the theater it's it's a very it's so far my sense is very word of mouth i heard about it from my godson finn 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was starting to pop up on social media. And then, of course, Dolores said, oh, do you want to do this? And it was just like, great. So that was why I went, because even though it was so well reviewed, I just wasn't wasn't on my radar enough. Um, mm-hmm. So that's fabulous um, that, you know, you're now being alerted. You know, go out and see it if you like. Yeah. <laughs> you like comedy, a good time, a refreshing time, and you can handle that. Yeah, it's a little rough around the edges. It's it's you know, it's, I think it's about an eleven million dollar film, which is that's a decent budget certainly, but mm-hmm. for a, for a pretty major release that's playing in all the theaters, that's that's low budget. Yeah, yeah, that's nothing. Um, so yeah, we both you know we're both we're both in the same ballpark take wise. Um, you know, I just wanted to point out you know if you read the interviews. Seligman, you know, you know, it has a very direct reason why she wants to do this. She wanted to do a, quote, a queer teen sex comedy for queer girls. But also I wanted them to be heroes who save the day and fight in some <laughs> capacity. So the whole teen girl fight club is pretty much the idea that the central, you know, funny thing and the central kind of radical thing. This is this is a kind of thing we tend not to see. We'll get into more of that in a bit. Mm-hmm. And um, Senate's response was great. I want to see horny women. <laughs> so <laughs> this very irreverent <laughs> attitude is what got them going on this on this thing on this project. So let's yeah. talk about like first just the the high school comedy genre a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Though it seems immediately apparent how this is working in relation to those. And um, Sel- um, Seligman and Sanat trying to figure out quote, how to, quote, queer the kind of been there, done that storytelling they were that they were sick of seeing. Yeah. OK, let's start with the high school thing. I, I so I so enjoyed this. And I think you need stereotypes in high school movies in order yeah. for them to work, because, of course, they're among, uh, you know, this is kind of like an old Commedia dell'arte tradition by now. <laughs> Of like being able to tell the meaning of characters by are they a jock? Are they a cheerleader? But I did wonder to myself, I, are these stereotypes still relevant to high school today? Maybe. Maybe they Maybe are. Some high schools. Yeah. Some, some no. If I talk to my godsons, it sounds like no. Right. I, and my, I, one of my godsons was prom king with his girlfriend. And they were complete proud strange nerds and they were prom king and queen and i was just like in my day that could never have happened (laughs) there you go there you go so i i kind of like said out loud to myself while i was watching this i wish they could have reinvented some of these uh archetypes for the contemporary moment Mm because i know that there are new archetypes you know i mean Mm -hmm. there are the like sci-fi nerd king and queen who and that is now cool and acceptable in some ways you know So it's like, uh, I kind of wish some of these things were invented. I also, the cheerleaders play a big role as objects of desire. One mm-hmm. of them's played by Kaya Gerber, who's Cindy Crawford's daughter and looks like mm-hmm. Cindy Crawford. Definitely. And um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the other is, plays by, is played by an actor I've never seen who I thought was fantastic, Havana yeah. Rose Liu. Mm-hmm. Um, so our, our leads, um, Senate's character is in love with uh, the Cindy Crawford daughter, <laughs> Kaya mm-hmm. Gerber. Sorry, Kaya mm-hmm. Gerber, to keep character you that way um and um iowa dibbery's character is in love with havana rose liu and havana rose liu and iowa dibbery are the ones who get together eventually in the story and Mm -hmm. i thought um havana rose liu has great uh i think she's like a really interesting comedian she's got this one scene where she breaks down in a diner and has this like hilarious disturbing like crying laughing moment um (laughs) And it was really memorable and she just seemed like so down for it. (laughs) So I thought she was like quite a discovery. Um, But I I also it also kind of gave me pause like, huh, like I'm I love it that the main girls are queer. But Mm -hmm. would they really be in love with these cheerleaders? Like, you know. I'm not the Pope of lesbianism, but it seems more likely (laughs) that they would be in love with their English teachers. But whatever, (laughs) you know, Um, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, but it it also seems very deliberate. Like, even if it's outmoded in certain parts of the country, and by the way, I think if you go to rural Texas, it's I think you're right. (laughs) You know, I think if you go to a lot of, you know, shall we say red states, just for the shorthand of it. Yeah. You know, when they talk about like Friday Night Lights and that kind of mythos still being represented as alive and well, however much it might not be quite as much as it, as it was, it's still enough in the um, in America for people to find it tremendously moving. So mm-hmm. their deliberate desire to go at that and attack it. So, you know, they do do absurdist things that are that are kind of great. Like the football yeah. players pretty much always are dressed as football players. So they're just walking through the halls of school. They're just wearing their uniforms. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely yeah. everywhere. 
yeah. So is, there's that kind of um, kind of hilarious commentary, <laughs> uh, and and they they do find funny ways to skew things. So like the biggest crybaby in the world is the lead is the is the captain of the football team, the Jeff character, who's the boyfriend of um, what's her name again? You just said it. Uh, Isabel is the character. Isabel, yes, Isabel. Yeah. Um, and he's very possessive and kind of bullying and he's always insisting on picking up and care and carrying her <laughs> and yeah. saying, I'm so strong, <laughs> but you know, he's a, he's a real wailing cryberry crybaby and his friend, um, is playing the kind of plotting scheming <laughs> character that you'd see played by a woman in a melodrama. He's, he's the one yeah. who finally exposes um our two teens as having lied about being in juvie and everything but yes. he's plotting all along and he's super insanely devoted to jeff to a <laughs> point that's clearly <laughs> to be moronic but what i loved about the fact that, that, that that's very clear is no one ever says a word like it's, there's no commentary yes it's exactly is, yep that's how it is <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was great. That was so great. So it does seem like it was part of their agenda. You know, and they they even said so in, in again in interviews they're saying the initial references were just the shitty guy sex comedies. Yeah. You're like why do they get to be horny and they get to be kind of heroes <laughs> and they get to be why 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 can't we do that? Yeah. So I think that might be why they need what might seem to to many to be kind of the old-fashioned stereotypes. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And it's also, I mean, let us take a moment to praise the decision for our two protagonists, these young women, to use use the ruse of, quote, female empowerment yes. <laughs> to lure hot chicks to their yep. fight club. Yep. Yep. I yep. love yep. the I love the like intentionally cynical use of <laughs> of contemporary feminism. It was amazing. That was my laid. favorite part. Some of it, was it wonderful. is wonderful. And Rachel yeah. Sanat is especially great when she'll kind of mouth the platitudes of female empowerment. Yeah. <laughs> Such a flat affect that's clearly communicated. She does not care. You know, at a certain point, Josie just says, you don't care anything about feminism. You know you don't care anything about it. <laughs> but they all know the right things to say. And that's where we are, folks. Again, very nice in satirical yeah. commentary. Everybody now knows to trot out these stupid, empty cliches that have no power, no yes. teeth in them. Yes. And, but the way it's handled, is, it's a, those are among the funniest parts of the film. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, it was wonderful. So I, I am definitely behind that. And I'm definitely behind the girls are terrible too <laughs> message. Oh, yeah. It's very refreshing. Um, and, and part of the maker's uh, intent also was to show a female friendship that wasn't so relentlessly and purely 1000% unquestioningly supportive. As I said, that we want messier, more flawed, shittier friends. <laughs> like, because it's true. Yeah. Girls and women are always being portrayed now. It's like, you know, the the huggy. Saints. <laughs> you like, go, girl. I'm with you 100% all the time. And it's so, can't people, can't we ever get back to a root aspect of feminism that seems forgotten, which is women are supposed to be complete people too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and that includes horrible behavior and terrible flaws and all those things and so this movie is like finally like let's do it it absolutely really they're so refreshingly i mean they're they these qualities that they have are unlikable but like the best of popular entertainment even the most unlikable people are likable at the end of the day if you mm. entertain us enough mm, <laughs> you <know>? absolutely <laughs> yeah like <laughs> and, you know you're gonna recognize the formula it's not like this is gonna the broad formula the broad formula is very book smart it's very super bad it's very whatever you know yeah. You know, the scene of announcing our desperation. <laughs> we're in X year of high school. We haven't gotten laid. We're, yeah. we're the biggest losers in high school. We have very little time to turn this around because we're going to be going to college. And mm -hmm. are we going to be the biggest losers in college? So we've got to turn this around now. So you get that scene, that which you already know. And then, of yeah. course, the wild things that happen because of their crazed attempt to do this. Then the, the way it, it, it backfires on them. Then they're they're thrown back again to being horribly unpopular, and they break up as friends. Yes, and so all of those moves, you're going to be like, "Yep, yep." It's just, you can go right down the checklist. You've seen it all, but yes. because it keeps skewing, 
in fresh ways all the way along. It makes it all new again. So that is pretty great. That's a great. Yeah. And it also so let us take a moment maybe to reflect on the title. I knew coming in this was going to be about queer girls. So bottoms, I expected. Obviously, it's playing on like, you know, the idea and and certainly not everyone in the queer community, but like many people advertise themselves, especially on like, you know, in the bars or Mm -hmm. at on social networking sites. Um, Well, lesbians don't go to bars anymore. There are no lesbian bars, Um, but there might have been once upon a time. Um, But anyway, um, (laughs) on the apps, people might like indicate whether or not they're a top or a bottom meaning like where they like to be, you know, during sex. Um, So I was like, oh, they're okay. They're bottoms. But no, it's a (laughs) it's a play on the fact that they're at the bottom of the social ladder. (laughs) And as it's really funny, the take on their high school's take on queerness, it's not a homophobic high school, which I thought was good. I liked Mm -hmm. that that we weren't I mean, obviously, homophobia certainly exists still and it definitely exists in American high school. But at least that that was kind of refreshing, like in a contemporary high school, it would be fine for many people to be gay. I mean, depending on where you are in the country. But yeah. like, let's say, I don't know, I'm in Oakland right now. It's mm-hmm. okay to be gay by and large. Um, it's one depending- of the biggest cultural changes since my Huge. generation. Enor- incredible. <laughs> yeah, it, it, enormous, un, like unbelievable yeah. shift. So yeah. they they make it explicit, like um, <laughs> when they like are first walking through like the halls, they're talking about being gay, and they're like, people don't hate us because they're gay, because we're gay. They hate us because we're gay and untalented. <laughs> and they show <laughs> they show for a contrast some football player congratulating like a flamboyant gay man on his direction of the musical theater um, show. Love what you're doing with the show Michael or whatever and Michael's like thank you you know so you can be gay but the problem is they're gay and untalented yeah, <laughs> so. that's right that's right I forgot that that was great yeah and it, you know I, I hate to even use the word but it skewers it, so, it, it or it ignores it so well again the whole diversity thing that gets trotted out you know racial diversity as well yeah it just doesn't made a thing it's just yeah, the way it, the way it is now. So there's, it's very, very mixed race everything, but you never feel that weightiness of we're making a big point of this being very, very important. Yeah. Um, well, all of that casualness is adding up to something good. Like yeah. we can stop trying to get virtue points over <laughs> what's manifestly happening, at least in big parts of the country. Not big enough, sadly. Um, but it's also gotten so stale as to become meaningless. The endless kind of a kind of stupid emphasis is being put on it. There's no emphasis put on it here. It's so wonderfully casual. Yeah, it's great. It really, it really works. And it, um, yeah, and it does like, it begins to like normalize in the eyes, certainly of like the older public. I would, and I count myself, you know, um, in that category. Um, like I think for a younger person, it wouldn't even register like, oh, look at all this racial, racial diversity. Right. I'm right? sure my godson went and was just like, yeah, this is, this there's this people is on the screen. This is the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but for uh, for me, I'm kind of like, oh wow, both of us have noted, you know, it, it like mm. registered consciously, like, oh look at all these different people on screen, and race is not the like um, uh, r- conflict of the story, right. you know. Right. Interesting, which yeah. is great, which very, is great, very, but very so. Yeah. And the the last funny nuance of the title is, okay, yeah, it's definitely a reference to their being queer, um, Mm -hmm. but they're they're on the bottom socially, not because they're queer. But at the end of the day, like even even sexually, they're not bottoms. The hilarious thing is they start this fight club, which is very much a top move. Mm -hmm. You know, they like very much like take charge (laughs) and they become they like top the football players, like figuratively speaking and well Mm -hmm. and literally like towards the end, you know, so very funny. Funny from the you know the bottoms to the tops, so that's pretty and funny. and just taking on the Fight Club model, which is so Guysville, <laughs> yeah, and making it the good. <laughs> I love David Fincher says one of the most devoted girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so hilarious because because it is using a kind of like yeah most if you're in a kind of middle class upper this seems like very middle class. You, you you haven't been in fights. You know, girls have not. Right. So they have no idea. Obviously, they know nothing about the female empowerment, self-defense class. <laughs> so yeah. all they know is, and I think it's it's a PJ, the Rachel Scott character, who says, so what can there be to it? You know, you try to hit me, I try to hit you. <laughs> you try not to get hit, you try to hit somebody else. That's all there is. So, of course, it turns into Fight Club. Yeah. Because that's how they finally have to start. Like, just hit me. And, you know, and there's enough banked resentment in the Josie character who's always getting railroaded 
<laughs> into yeah. something by the BJ character that she promptly hits her and breaks her nose. Yeah. And it's a key to the film that she smiles. She's lying on the ground and she smiles. And then later you're going to see um, uh, the Josie character look in the mirror and she's got a bloody lip and she's going to smile. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it really resonates because it's like that's one of the big fears of being in the world is that you just have no experience with physical most people it is a kind of self-defense thing most most women don't have a lot of experience with physically fighting oh yeah and so just to to get hit and be able to take it and know you can get up again <laughs> is yeah. already that is the empowerment that's happening is they're beating each other up and coming out of it and going i can take it i didn't die <laughs> yeah exactly it, and it's also like uh, it's a sign like action has been taken. There's mm-hmm. something amazing yeah. even about taking the punch. It's just like I did something in the world. There's like physical yes. proof that I took an action or mm-hmm. or I guess was on the receiving end. <laughs> like, exactly. you know? And they're wearing their scars around proudly and their bruises and their contusions around proudly. It's like, yep. And then I got up and then I hit them yeah. <laughs> and we're doing it. And yes. And pretty soon, of course, that leads in kind of hilarious ways to having to, trying to have. A, a, a kind of group empowerment session where they sit around and talk about themselves. And, you know, that's the way it gets started is the PJ character saying, okay, who here has been raped? Just <laughs> right out of the gate. And nobody raised their hand. And then she says, you know, gray area stuff counts too. And then everyone. Everybody. <laughs> it was so good. It's dark, y'all, but it's good. It's it good. Is. That was very dark and good. And again, this kind of refusal to be we've got to curry favor with the people who are the guardians of the culture and tell us what is funny, what is not, what is the right stance, what is not. There's a kind of wonderful fearlessness about this. Like we're not, we're, and it's, a, it's in so many areas, like the whole likability issue, which is especially fraught for female characters. Yep. There's so few things that female characters can do or that, that won't imperil. You know, you, you got to constantly stop from imperiling the likability, the, the people's approval of you. Um, and here it's just like, let's make them, let's really court the unlikability, yes. <laughs> knowing that that very quality of not being likable and going for it ultimately would become likable. And that's exactly how it happens. Even, even the, and Rachel Sonat is, is born to do this stuff. Yeah. She'll go, she'll take it right to the absolute outer end. <laughs> to the point that you're like, gee, she really is awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Something about her bracingness and her boldness. Um, that is her redeemable quality. And, and so you wind up liking her. It's, it's really, it's kind of almost like a magic trick. If you're looking at the, a longer history of female representation. Oh my God. Yep. Yeah, yeah, undeniable, and it, it's also there is like a truth to it. Like I love, I love how everyone just re- like recites their trauma around the circle, yes. and no one, with the exception of Isabel, who's moved by Josie's. Uh, uh, by the way, fraud. Josie lies in this yes. circle. She lies about like awful experiences that happened during juvie, and she lies really well. Yes. And um, she acquires her girlfriend Isabel like through this. Ooh, um, these lies about her trauma. That it was doesn't funny. Exist. That's the pivot when Josie has been trying to tamp down these lies all along. It starts from a misunderstanding. Someone someone attributes that they must have been a juvie to them. And yeah. of course, PJ's willing to ride that train all the way. But Josie has always been trying to tamp it down. But she realizes um, that the Isabel character is responding to it and finding yep. it moving. So all of a sudden, she just tells the most outrageous knife force knife fights that the, that the guards are betting on like it's a prison <laughs> drama or something. it is great it, it is great. great especially coming from that actor because you know she has such qualities at abiri of of kind of the reason she's the reasonable character that's what she plays mainly in the bear she's always like i got that look of like slightly skeptical um, anxious because she can see people going off the rails. So she's the one who's usually the steadying force. So to see her suddenly just go <laughs> go nuts is kind of wonderful. And she has a stand-up comedy background. I was just like, wow. Oh yeah. Look at that. Wow. Yeah, she's uh, I guess they uh the whole the cast at well Rachel Sinat and the director, um, Emma Seligman and Io Adibri like all knew each other from NYU where they yeah. were in the same comedy troupe. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, the irreverence is so refreshing and so freaking funny. Really, really funny. 
Yeah, so, so rewarding. It's so rewarding. And again, I can't stress this enough because it's not constantly pointing to itself saying, look how we're making this virtuous move. It's just so great to just have that off you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it, really become a burden because, you know, especially ugh. for women, why do women have to be virtue signaling? This isn't the Victorian era. Exactly. Well, I was going to say same old, same old, right? Oh, God. It's just got <laughs> you have new, to be virtuous. Just new, new, you know, de- details and new terms. But it, yeah, it feels like the same thing. Oh, yeah. We always def- have to pro- demonstrate we're improving the culture and we're we're acting rightly. And we're, it's mm-hmm. just got awful. Just got awful. So yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. It's that's even implicit in the reason that the cheerleaders come to Fight Club, the cheerleaders Mm -hmm. being our representatives of traditional femininity. They're Mm -hmm. conventionally beautiful. They wear skirts. They have, you know, um, they have football player boyfriends and Mm -hmm. they both come to the Fight Club because they're like, "Um, I thought we were here to like, you know, something underrepresented women. (laughs) Like they came to be virtuous, you know, like they're fine. They're not underrepresented. (laughs) (laughs) They. They came to, you know, do the thing that ladies are supposed to do. Right, right. And they end up getting in touch with their unladylike qualities. So um, should we turn our attention to some of the action sequences? Yes, let's. I mean, first, can we just say, you know, the obvious thing that, 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 let's say, violence and sexuality and the uncomfortable for modern people overlap in that area belongs to to men Mm. in representation. That's mm-hmm. why every action film poster has a, you know, a male film star hugging a giant phallic gun. <laughs> just the eroticism is built in and and people don't even think twice. Yeah. Um, but this, this film actually brings <laughs> violence and horniness in <laughs> girls together in a way that you're just like, wow. <laughs> you did that. <laughs> you know, because it's not just like we're empowered by doing this. It's, you know, you can also tell it's kind of exciting and that gets explicit when, you know, the people who have crushes on other people are, are wind up wrestling on the floor and stuff. Yeah. But there's something erotic about the blows and, uh, you know, this, it's physical contact, it's high intensity, it makes you feel <laughs> strong <laughs> and alive. So there's always been this uncomfortable overlap that nobody likes. Yeah, you know, in contemporary Anglo-American culture, um, and that it goes for that is is probably the most startling thing in, in the film. Like it just consistently goes. There's a, there's a review by I think it's uh, the AV Club, uh, an AV Club um, reviewer called Drew Gillis, where he and he just I think it's a he it might be she I actually don't know okay. I don't know he she they yeah. um, uh, they claim that yeah that that's the most astounding thing about the film that it's 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 the violence the there's there's not that much bare skin the only pe- person who shows any is the jeff character yeah assignations with the mother of you know so there's also the horny the hor- horny older woman mother of the one of the teenagers characters that you recognize from other films too yeah and um, succession she's got a big part on succession right now oh yeah oh really yeah. oh okay yeah i guess i got to watch that someday don't i oh my god uh no you don't no <laughs> I've had various things recommended. See it, don't see it. So I'm torn. Anyway. The, the, okay, the actress is, uh, De- I don't know how to say her name, but Dagmara uh, Dominchik as oh, wow. Mrs. Calican. Oh, yeah. 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 Dagmara, so, that's a name to reckon with. God it damn. sure is. Yeah. <laughs> fabulous one, but I'm so sorry. Please, <laughs> wow. please proceed. Yeah. But so at any rate, you know, and, and, and even though characters get together, it's very discreet. It's very, there's kissing, but it's very minor. And I guess that's, yeah got to be fairly true of, of most you know no that's not true there were very very er- sort of disgustingly horny sexy uh, especially in the 70s 80s porkies like um, um oh high school film. movies yeah that's yeah. true yeah um, so this is being pretty discreet about that and his claim is it all gets displaced onto the violence which you just never see and that's the radical thing about this thing i don't yeah. know if i go quite that far but i it's certainly part of the astonishment at watching it's not just, oh my gosh, girls are fighting. <laughs> yeah. It's, there's more than that. It, there is a kind of, there's something about the crossover of desperate, erotic, horny desires and physical action that's, that's fighting, that's violent, um, that is, is, is kind of <laughs> it's pretty it radical a really for women. aspect of the film. Yeah, it's wonderful. And okay, so that becomes explicit after my favorite action scene. And I mm-hmm. like the I think there are two major ones, would you say? There's mm-hmm. egging Jeff's house and the <laughs> and the final sequence. So 
the the egging Jeff's house sequence is my fave. Um, mm-hmm. The girls find out that Jeff, the main football player guy, has been sleeping with um, uh, what's her face's mom. Oh, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Hazel. Uh, Hazel. Hazel. One of the characters. Hazel's. She's the Hazel's great. She's this adorable, like little queer character who oh, is yeah. kind of like the number two in the Fight Club. Yeah, um, but she, like oh, her the, name's Ruby Cruz is the actor. Yeah, yeah, she, she's amazing, and um, she is. She's kind of the one who does all the work and actually like um, believes in the Fight Club and kind of like makes it functional. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> and and she's um, yeah. So her mom is sleeping with a. Um, with the main football player who's dating Josie's crush, Isabel, and they tell, or uh, Josie tells Isabel uh, yeah. that her boyfriend is cheating on her. And uh, in retaliation, they go to fuck up Jeff's house. So they, in true high school fashion, they egg it, they egg his car and his house, they teepee his lawn. And finally, Hazel knows how to rig a bomb, <laughs> which she does underneath his car. And throughout the sequence, Jeff is inside with, yeah. wearing like That's wearing fun. a baby blue cardigan with no shirt underneath, with his like CD Walkman on, listening to Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yeah, and Dan doing doing seated dance moves, you know, interpretive dance moves. Yeah, it's really good. It's amazing because he's he's upset because Isabel has dumped him thanks to his cheating, mm-hmm. and um, so this whole sequence plays out. <laughs> underneath total eclipse of the heart yes. <laughs> i like at this moment this probably was my moment of maximum glee um it was just really really well done all of the cl- all of the high school cliches were there but of course the innocence of egging a house and tp'ing it was kind of like ratcheted up when hazel yeah <laughs> like kind of like negated when hazel's bomb goes off more effectively than she bargained for and right. does blow up his new convertible right. <laughs> so. and no that's what's so amazing about this that's what works so well is when they're tp'ing and egging it's so ineffectual. Yeah. <laughs> the Rachel Sanat character, PJ, is like, God, we better hurry because the police might come and find us 250. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not that they're even only on one, like, quarter of the house because that's as far as they can. It's a huge house. It's a huge ass <laughs> house. Like, yeah. Nothing. You're like, how yeah. is Jeff going to care? It's his parents who are going to care. What are you doing? <laughs> but then all of a sudden, and it's kind of, it kind of mirrors the whole progress of Fight Club. All this kind of lameness and incompetence, and you have no real idea what you're doing when you're trying to act out aggressively in the world. And then suddenly it all turns around and you yeah. get more than you bargained for. And so, yeah, the bomb going off, which is it's like the IRA couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Up this car. <laughs> it's so great. And Josie, of course, like willingly participates in this. And mm-hmm. um, at one point, Isabel, this is where like Isabel sort of falls for Josie. And she's like, you were willing to like physically hurt someone else for me. That's my love language. And then... <laughs> And then they almost kiss, you know? So, like, the connection between sex and violence as a turn-on is, like, very explicit here. And, again, so refreshing because, like, Isabel doesn't come to this through, like, virtue. She comes to it through, like, blood. (laughs) (laughs) The thrill of the fight. (laughs) (laughs) Really, the more you talk about it, the more more remarkable it seemed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, that's... That's a delight. Um, it's also to the, the, to the end scene, the second scene you're mentioning. Where all right? Yeah. <laughs> so, look, the, one of the ways that the girls get Fight Club approved um, is through the threat of a rival school called Huntington. And it's rumored that the guys at Huntington, uh, Huntington and the girls' school play a big football game. And there's, you know, obviously it's like the center of everyone's lives, including all of the adults at the school, all the teachers, Mm -hmm. everyone in the town. Very Friday Night Lights in that respect. That Mm -hmm. football holds such importance. So (laughs) they're like rumors that the Huntington guys are going to come like assault women. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there are also like stories told by older characters in the film who have been to this high school like in the past in the 70s or 80s that the Huntington people did terrible things like committed murders um mm-hmm. but you never see this violence but it is the reason that the girls get to have the fight club in the first place and the end the last sequence takes place at the football game um Josie and god sorry who is Rachel Sennett's char- Sennett's character PJ. PJ okay Josie and PJ have been exposed uh, the day before in an assembly as frauds everyone knows now that they just started fight club to get girls 
Everyone's disenchanted with them. But Josie gets some intel from an older person that uh, Huntington really does plan violence. And so she's like, we got to we got to use Fight Club to stop the violence. But mm-hmm. there's like no there's no evidence on screen of, that like you never see Huntington do anything bad. It's not depicted. And on the final day, their their football team comes on to the field and it's implied that they're bad guys, you know, mm-hmm. And then finally, a plot is revealed um, to uh, mess up Jeff, the star quarterback. Um, Huntington, it turns out, has rigged the field with a sprinkler system that will (laughs) emit pineapple juice, to which Jeff is allergic. (laughs) And so this is enough of an alibi for this final sequence to ensue. And Eileen, would you like to describe what ensues <laughs> it's, it's a, it gets a little confused by the end i mean i admit this is where as i said before i was kind of getting getting a little lost but it, but yes there there are these various attempts to to try to to try to grapple with the threat of huntington or get the game initially to get the game stopped so yeah. they try making out like everyone all all the women all the young women start making out to try to get the crowd to to look away. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how they think that's going to work. I actually can't remember the logic of that. <laughs> Me neither. That, that part was like slightly absurdist. I mean, it's funny because of course, yeah. like there's the, there is the like real world cliche that women do make out with each other, like in bars to get attention from men, et cetera. Yeah. But it like needed some more work. It was, it was pretty unclear. You're like, yeah, wait, it why? Very, <laughs> yeah. It starts, it starts for me anyway, getting very loose and certainly more surreal so that you hard, it's hard to know how to take the very ending. But yes. anyway, um, finally, I forget, does it, does the, does the home team even come out? Yes, they do. They do come out, but somehow the no, I'm blanking on how exactly the women interject themselves. The young I, women. I, th- Sorry? I think I think like our protagonists know that something bad is going to go down, they so do. that's when they call for the distraction, and that like halts the beginning thought, of the yeah, game. Initially, they thought that the the pineapple juice and then the the sprinklers don't go on, so nothing happens. So that and then uh, Hazel has planted a bomb. <laughs> over by a, a tree at the edge of the field that's supposed to be the ultimate attraction and it doesn't go off so there's all these different attempts before the 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 fight club actually just goes for it and attacks attacks the huntington football team mm-hmm. and so then then you get this wild melee you know all over the field of you know all these and of course they wind up being such vicious fighters and so unafraid to fight dirty and everything else that they're taking out guy after guy after guy who are falling and apparently lying unconscious. So by the end, the entire field is just littered with the Huntington team right. lying down and everyone starts cheering because though they didn't get to see the football game, they got this super violent spectacle. So they were perfectly happy and everyone's cheering. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, it it seems to be implied that, that the Huntington guys are all dead. <laughs> Like literally have been murdered. Like literally dead. And you're like, <laughs> and you know, it's hard to know how to take it. There has been a thread running through about actual killing that's been, but it's been a joke. It's been like, or seemingly it's been like, yes. you know, the, 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 their reputation in juvie or, or uh, I think it's Josie's anyway, is relies on the idea that she actually killed a young woman <laughs> who then, who then was resuscitated and brought back to life after being dead for a few minutes. That's her wild part of her wild story that she tells. Yeah. It goes so far over the top. <laughs> so there's, there's that kind of language of extremes, but then when you get to the end and that none of these guys are getting up, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's no attempt to call him. It seems like there's just a field full of dead players and they're yeah. kind of wandering around going, Oh yeah, he's dead. Oh, that one's dead. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the girls acknowledge it out loud at the very end. They're like, what about, are, wait, are these guys dead? They're like, yeah, we'll process that later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but so, it does seem like, like outside the logic of the film thus far. Would you agree? Yes. So it's, it's yeah. But the whole ending is so wild that I don't, I, 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 it kind of lost me. Mm-hmm. I was reading afterward that the, the thing that someone asked the, the, the lead actors, weren't you breaking up through this whole thing? And I forget which one of them might have been Ed Abiri saying, well, I, usually not because we're used to doing this kind of stuff. But I, I would I would break out laughing every time I saw the mascot with the giant peanut. <laughs> yeah. But I hardly even noticed it. It was just oh. such a thing because there was so much crotch stuff in the posters, you know, promoting the football team and 
Again, there's all this sex and violence stuff. Like at the pep rally, one of the shouts is get horny. Yeah. It's all all over. So I I kind of didn't even process that as weird. That's how how extreme it's getting by the end. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I think they are trying to build some absolutely insane crescendo. But I don't know why, if it doesn't go far enough. or I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know what to make of that. I, I don't know either. It it seems like because the the murders were such an obvious lie in the first part, like all the the ideas about uh, all, oh, no, everything the that they had always done murders, and you're like, how could they have done repeated murders? Yeah, well, yeah, that exactly, and that even when the girls talked about murder, it was a lie. Um, yeah, 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 you know, no, it's just, just another lie. Or yeah. Another- or so, I didn't know where to put it in my mind. I was confused. Yeah, no, like, right? I was kind of, yeah, I was a little bit, uh, with you, I was a little bit at a loss um, at the end. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But the, <laughs> the whole, you know, not even just the middle, but other than like, for me, the very beginning and the very end, the whole, it's just really raucous and rollicking and it just keeps the momentum going. And there are so many funny bits. Yeah. That it's really, for a while there, it's just, it's just a gem of a comedy for a while there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And even though even if the ending's a little like, huh, like you're not bored, you know, No, you're definitely not bored. Yeah. And you're kind of glad that it's I don't know, you're everyone seems to end up. um, It's a true comedy and that uh, Josie ends up with Isabel, her cheerleader crush. And uh, even though PJ is thwarted in her crush on um, Kaya Gerber, Mm -hmm. uh, because Kaya Gerber is straight, Josie has to make out with Hazel, the number two of the fight club, uh, in order to create a distraction. And you get the idea that they're kind of attracted to each other. So, you know, it ends in true teen movie fashion in that that way. Everyone's going to get something. And, you know, there's yeah. there's an interesting, there's interesting other characters, Marshawn Lynch, who, you know, of course, uh, who's a, an ex-pro football player. And, yes. You no know, huge guy, but he's very funny. He's done, of course, other, other comedy already, so he's a kind of familiar figure. He plays the teacher, <laughs> and his big crisis is he's going through a difficult divorce. <laughs> but they make no bones, and he's just this hilarious, you know... <laughs> Kind of slightly dense character, yeah. Um, who says all sorts of uh, you know, uncensored things <laughs> to, the, to the lead to uh, teenage girls that he should not yeah. be saying. <laughs> He'll just kind of spill whatever's on his mind, and of course, he's an absolutely hopeless teacher. Like <laughs> he, he, at one point, he gets, but he gets all involved. He's he's asked to sponsor the 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 women's empowerment or women's self development class. He gets persuaded, which is easy to do. And they, especially because Josie keeps emphasizing, you know, that the greatest form of being an ally is that you promise to do all sorts of things and then <laughs> you don't actually do them. <laughs> that's the kind of, that's the best kind of being an ally. That's the kind I practice. He, he seems to buy this, like he's just going to sign off on it and never show up. And then he does show up and he gets way into it. So there's one funny scene where he's trying to teach a class on feminism. And he says, feminism starts, and he puts Gloria Steinem, some guy, and then I forget what the third one was, but it's so so funny. But not only does he have no idea, he won't even Google it, he won't even, like, look yeah. it up. It was a Gloria Steinem, like, the president, some other man. Some other man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, great. all the classes are like that, and that's another of the throwaway uh, through lines of the whole team copy, that, that American education is just is just essentially dead. Yeah, it's, it's yes. at least moribund, where it, everyone still has to go and go through some sort of vague motions, but no, there is no education happening <laughs> whatsoever. Totally. <laughs> there are there's a one point of the, a, a, a PA announcement that once again this year there's no money for books, so no one will have any books again this year. Yeah, and it's just like you know every class is like this. Uh, just go ahead and talk amongst yourselves and he'll sit up there reading his big booty magazine yeah. while they just like there. <laughs> so yeah, so that all of all of uh all of your education is essentially your interactions with with your fellow students peers. peers. That's that's yeah. it. That's the whole thing. Totally. Totally. Yeah, love. That was just another. There's no emphasis on it. It's just presented as a fact. That's how it is. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was wonderful. So uh, that and again, like there's a refusal that's not sentimentalized and it's not explicitly critiqued. Yeah, <laughs> just left there. Just left there. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I think I like that the best because there's a sense of like, we're wised up, you're wised up. And that's one of the main mm. things that's missing from contemporary films in my view. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. If you've you been, watch you've been certain, not many eras, but certain eras and certain types of films, you get that. If you look at pre-code films of the early 30s, the really hard-bitten ones about gangsters and voice and and being poor and angry about it, they're all like that. They're all <laughs> like, we know the score and you know the score because it's the Great Depression. We don't have to tell you <laughs> yeah. that women are selling their bodies <laughs> just to survive. And, you know, there's all kinds of, uh, yeah, really dirty, grim doings in a culture and an economy that's fundamentally not working. That's all just going on. As a matter of fact, I think it's wonderful because yeah. you don't feel any of that patronizing. We'll tell you what's what issues to be concerned about in the world. There's none of that. It's like we all know the score. So we don't have to, t- film noirs like that too. So there ah, is in so American history, this kind of filmmaking. It's just, we, you almost never see it now. That's God, thank you for work. articulating that. You're so right. And like the, the pleasure of that in this film is that it's not condescending. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just fact. Just, just presenting it as, yeah, we know, you know, and we don't even have to keep, we don't do, have to do a whole song and dance about it. So that yeah. was so refreshing. Yeah. God, I'm liking this film more and more the more we I know, the more we talk about it, the more we're like, yeah, bottoms, <laughs> goddammit. That's great. Because honestly, at the time, I was just so happy to be happy in a theater. <laughs> Same. But that's all I thought. <laughs> yeah, I didn't look at my watch once. No, I was, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, God, I'm really laughing here. Like, I'm laughing many times in a row. <laughs> like, yeah. This is like no joke. And I was by myself, so you can imagine. Yeah. It was pretty funny, and there weren't that many people in the theater, so it wasn't like the the crowd was getting me going. So that was that's rare. Yeah, uh, I didn't even think of the last comedy that I saw in a theater that I had that experience with. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. So that was the big Im- impact initially, but the more I've read about it and thought about it, the more I'm just like, no, this it really is. This is this is really a, a little exciting development that one would like to see pushed along very much. Yeah, please more. More please. please more. And I've been saying please more in just writing as a critic for I don't even know how many years. I swear to God, it feels like 20 years. Like, as, yeah. as our culture craters, as America is just going down the fucking tubes, surely we would get something like that, say, Depression era or immediate post-World War II era where you have people reckoning with, we're looking into the abyss here. <laughs> And and you get this kind of smart, angry, dark reaction in film. Like, where are our black comedies? Where are our com- where are our films where it's like we all know mm-hmm. the score and it's bad, mm-hmm. and it just kept not happening. It's it still hasn't really happened in my view. You'll get these little one offs, but they never build to anything. Yeah, yeah, so, that's true. That's yeah. true. It's weird. As things get worse and worse, there's no there's no reaction in films. Mm. I think I share, I think we share the maker's frustrations, mm-hmm. um, which is like that demand for some kind of purity and, and the demand, the melodramatic demand <laughs> for some like um, message of good to be delivered mm-hmm. in any film when maybe we just want to see like a depiction of things, things as they are. And also like violence and, and, you know, sex comedy is a way to like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know how to explain that it's a survival strategy, but it is. It's like, if you, oh no. Yeah. Because the films I'm talking about, what's what's striking about them, because I'm kind of a wimp, I admit it. I have to literally get myself, life is so hard that I have to get myself to watch films that are really going to be crushers. Mm -hmm. The kind of films I'm talking about are strange in that they'll face everything and they're not depressing. Like, film noir is the most extraordinary for that. It'll look at. Terrible things where the person you followed all along, you know, dies horribly in the end (laughs) and there's no hope for anybody and you feel braced. I don't even know how to articulate how it's achieved. There is something about looking at how bad it is that is bracing and somehow gives you courage. Yeah. And and those those kinds of 30s films, comedies and dramas, you know, Marx Brothers films will give you the same kind of feeling or W.C. Fields films. Because they feel smart and they feel wised up about the world. And they are pointing out things that are insightful, but they're also absolutely rollicking and hilarious. And you've got these characters who are super savvy and determined not to go under. (laughs) Yeah. And so that just somehow, the looking at it, the recognizing it, the fight, 
not to go under. And even if you do go under, you you weren't this coward about it, trying to pretend it was something else or completely different than it is. So that is really necessary. And, you know, of course, everyone goes on and on about how superhero films and fantasy crap has taken over. But I do think you, you can't help but think we're more and more invested in fantasy because we just can't look. We just yeah. can't look. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, so I'm teaching melodrama this semester, among other mm-hmm. things. And people always ask me, in melodramas, famously, uh, this film is not a melodrama. It's definitely a comedy. But melodramas famously try to reconcile irreconcilable things in a mm-hmm. culture, right? And then, right. like some melodramas can do this in a complex way where you are... Um, I don't know, in a way forced to confront some, you know, some things about life. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, but people always want to write about um, superhero films and for this class. And I'm always like, even though superhero films seem melodramatic in some ways, there is often like a suffering victim hero and certainly a recognition of virtue and all of mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's, <laughs> everything is on the outside. There is no, no subtext in a superhero mm-hmm. film. You know, there's something about um, the uh, superhero films are all about like realizing something that doesn't exist in life, which is like a true knowing what good or evil is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melodrama is always trying to find that. And to me, what's always interesting about it are the ways that it fails because it's a yeah. modern form telling mm-hmm. stories about the, mo- the real world. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, virtue is a difficult to determine at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, where was I going to go with this? So yeah, superhero films are this, uh, the desire for like total fantasy, fantasy that doesn't even like touch on the world. And I've also definitely superhero films are one way of just like completely turning away um, from the Although, world in a way that's that, interesting is, is the admired supposedly really dark ones, like the dark Knight. you know, mm-hmm. all the, all the, who's it's uh is it Christopher Nolan? No, I'm mixing up Christopher Nolan and David Fincher. Who does the Dark Knights? Yeah, I think that's Nolan. It's Nolan. Yeah. Nolan. Why those two are always together, I don't know. But anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, always the claim is the Batman character, as he's articulated in, the, in, in those that go dark, are all about, like, how can you even recognize virtue for sure? It's so, he's such a psycho character. Blah, blah. And you watch those Nolan films, and I'm like, who are you fucking kidding? <laughs> Yeah. In old westerns with white hats and black hats, it's it couldn't get any cl- clearer exactly. than it is in this Batman movie. <laughs> yeah. Who the good characters are and who the bad are, and you're just the slightest window dressing of complexity. There is no complexity. Thank I, you. I, that's what's so infuriating about. I think it was the was it the Dark Knight Rises, the one I hate the most. There's one I really hate. <laughs> you know, not only is it politically enough to make you vomit, but um, mm-hmm. but it's. It's again, it does that lie so hugely. Like, you know exactly who's on team good and who's on team evil. And any, any blurred area is like, it's not blurred. Exactly. Nobody thinks Batman is really bad. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah, exactly. So, so you, but people get a lot of mileage out of that. Like, wow, <sighs> he's really delving into our sick culture. And you're just like, he is no, so he's not. It's no, so not. this so is a myth. It's a, uh, you know, it's good and evil. Like we exactly anyone conversant in the culture at all can tell immediately who yes. is good and who's bad. Who's good and who's evil. <laughs> yes. And, and you push them a little. Why? Like, what are the characteristics we really identify? No, no, there's a fascist element. And I'm like, yes, there is. But nobody's finding them like not heroic for that reason. <laughs> Everybody right? knows Batman's the dude. <laughs> and we just like that he seems a bit troubled. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah th- this is what I'm talking about. This is what's frustrating. And I actually just got a query from a journalist who is writing a piece on uh, the, their question, which is unanswerable, is why aren't there... Um, like, uh, why aren't there lesbian romantic comedies or why aren't there as many, I guess there's a rash of like gay man romantic comedies. There is bros. There's this like horrific thing. Is it, it's Royal something blue, Royal blue, or it's about like some guy who falls in love with like a prince. Like, Oh yeah. That's, um, the guy playing Jeff apparently is in that. I only know that. Called red, red, white and Royal blue. That's it. That's All that it. shit, you know, this like awful regressive. I mean, I'm no, I'm no real fan of the romantic comedy genre. And yeah. this poor yeah. person, they asked the wrong person this. Um, so um, they, they emailed me. They're like, why are there so many movies like Portrait of a Lady on Fire and Ammonite? And I'm like, well, okay, hold on. 
like just because weathering heights exists doesn't like negate his girl friday i don't even know this understand this question like right. why are there dramas <laughs> i'm like I, I don't know like dramas are allowed to be in the world too <laughs> you know? like why are they sad i'm like it's the 19th century i don't know like uh, people were um but they were they were you know they were getting at it the wrong way but they were like why aren't there more like lesbian romantic comedies and i'm like I, you know i think there will be like people just figured out that there's a market for men mm-hmm. um but what people really say when they want that and i see this all the time on twitter i'm on like lesbian twitter for sure um people are always like where am i like married married happy married romantic comedies and I'm like gag like I I don't want that gay straight or whatever like how disappointing because it's the same old bullshit Mm -hmm. that is condescending and completely unrelated to the world as I've ever experienced it which Mm -hmm. doesn't mean I want realism it just means I want bottoms I want something irreverent (laughs) that doesn't like repeat a bunch of lies and exactly as you say like tell garbage (laughs) non-truths about the world that we live in like i don't know anything is possible if you work for it (laughs) (laughs) like all this fucking tripe that we usually get from so-called happy endings Uh what is so refreshing about bottoms is that it's kind of like unflinching about how steeped in bullshit and how dysfunctional everything Mm -hmm. is everything is absolutely There were moments of outrageous joy, usually through the body, which I think is also like a value we don't express out loud, but that obviously resonates with us because we are embodied beings, much mm-hmm. as we would like to forget it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. that was really roundabout. What? <laughs> no, what? Like, no, no, I, I, I completely agree. That there, there's just various angles to this that I, it just seems shocking that it's, it seems so fresh when it shouldn't seem this fresh. Because <laughs> you're yeah. right, I can even remember very sharply. Like some, there's a ton. It goes by so fast that I, I wish I could remember some of the funniest lines I meant to remember, and they just keep coming. So I forgot them. But yeah. like the embodied selves, I remember very vividly. Like the wonder, the hilarious walk that is the Isabella character does yes. when she's really mad. She's in her little spikes and her mini mini dress. And she does this. Hilarious, I think it's up to up to confront Jeff. Yep. And it's and it's so she just has you know she just has great comedic instincts for the the walk has got got to be funny yeah (laughs) how can i do this and yet convey you know this kind of anger but at the same time it's a kind of anger that's you know it's wasted like why waste it on this guy if you weren't acting out these stereotypes or the way the way the two leads you know try to dress up to look hot Yeah, and they're and they're everything is wrong on their bodies. Everything they have on is possibly wrong, and you're just like, so their own lameness is so physical that it makes sense that solution the solution to it is physical. They have to do something to break out of their inability (laughs) to manage their themselves physically. It's really very nice. (laughs) Precisely. Oh my God, you're so right. Like you're articulating for me how this is the opposite of melodrama. And like no shade to melodrama, but melodrama is all about like the internal, you know, Mm -hmm. the highly like personal and like virtue cannot be distinguished on the outside. This is this is totally the opposite. (laughs) I mean, I guess that's comedy. If you go back and look at stills of what they're wearing scene to scene, it's just whoever I should have looked up who did the costuming I meant to. That Um, was great. They're really inspired. Yeah. <laughs> things that are just like, wow. Like, this is <laughs> so is unflattering. So awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and it really goes with their physical self presentation when they're trying to flirt initially. Yeah. You get to see how, how their romantic lives are such disasters because they just can't do any of it. They yeah. just can't. They try, to, they try to make a compliment and some god awful thing comes out and their body language is like, is like their, I don't know, Frankenstein monsters who are only recently thrown <laughs> together and they just can't. Which <laughs> is such a good way of showing, like, you know, why you're failing to be in the world. You can't act this out. Isabella can, um, the, the, the Kaya Gerber character can yeah. beautifully. Yeah. Somehow they figured out how to enact a certain role physically beautifully. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's you're right. That's a beautiful. And obviously like, you know, an emphasis on the body distinguishes comedy from uh, other kinds of other oh, modes, yeah. you know, but yes. well, um, it's amazing how many comedies and I found this frustrating are directed in a way that they feel inert. 
You get a lot of kind of skit and sketch inspired, con- like the Will Ferrell comedies and stuff. And he's very good, actually. But so much of yeah. it, you like sit, you feel like you're sitting watching actors improvise, and then they took the best bits. But they're often very physically static. Yeah, that's so true. That's and so I true. Found that very frustrating because yes, that's another aspect of how a very kinetic form, which is cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, is rendered inert over and over. There's all these reasons why film is boring. <laughs> it's just yeah. shouldn't be boring. The one thing it shouldn't be. And you just sit there going, why is this so dull? And you're like, oh, physical comedy kind of died, <laughs> except in like discrete instances. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah, this is it this is very refreshing. The more we've talked about it, the more we like it. <laughs> we, yes, exactly. In short, I guess that could yes. be the way we wind it up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We talked ourselves into loving it even more that we thought we already loved it. So yes, highly highly recommended. You should see it. Get up. Yeah. There. Go yeah. see bottoms. It, Go you know, bottoms. you'll have fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that is it for our episode that we call Bottoms. The new key teen comedy is Tops. Um, <laughs> thank you. I know that was clever, right? Oh, I see that coming. Oh. <laughs> thank you, dear listeners. And of course, triple thanks to you subscribers who keep us in mace and pineapple juice. If you are not a subscriber yet, but you like what you hear, please consider signing up with Patreon for all the film suck content instead of just the half that's available to the public. You can follow news of the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, also known as X. We got to get out of there. You know, everybody else is. We really got to get out of there. Um, Can I just refer to it as Twitter? I refuse to call it X. I know. It's so awful. So we'll just we'll just ignore that. Yeah. So and Twitter. Mm -hmm. And uh, join us in two weeks for more sensational film content. And maybe we'll even see something else good. That would be really. Until then. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye.